Sideline Podcast. We know it's been a long time. I'm Charlie Eden, here with Aton Levy. And yes, it's been a long time, as I just said. Hopefully, we're going to start cranking out episodes every week for the time being. Um, I'm excited to be back. How about you, Aton? I'm very excited to be back. We have one of the best fan bases in the whole podcast world over here with a total That's true. of about seven listeners. And we're sorry we let you down for a few months, but we had to take some mental breaks. But we're happy to be back. We're definitely happy to be back. You want to tell you want to tell them what we're talking about today? Today we will be talking a little more about football, kind of being consistent with the theme. We'll be talking about the award predictions and the NFL playoff race, which yeah, should do, be very interesting. Yeah, year. we're gonna do a lot more playoffs. Like obviously, when the playoffs actually start, just because the only football we'll have is playoffs. But we'll definitely do a little bit at the end. I would say the first award we should start off with just because I think it's the most boring award is coach of the year. Just because sure. I, when I feel like when we watch football, yeah, we appreciate how good the coaches are, but you, when you watch, when you watch a crazy play, no one says to themselves, Oh wow. The coach just drew up an amazing play for that crazy catch. It's more just like you watch the receiver, make the nice catch. You watch the quarterback, make the throw, so, which is why coach of the year just doesn't get the same airtime as the rest of the awards. Look, Charlie, I would agree with you, but I got to say, as I've watched more football over the years, I do gain a lot more of an understanding of the game and give a lot more credit to the coach for certain play calls on in certain situations. So uh, the coach, coaches in football, I would say, definitely have the biggest effect on the team out of any major sport, at least in my opinion. Um so I think the award is definitely the most valuable out of all the coaches of the year awards for all the major sports leagues. All right. So I wrote here, Doug Peterson for coach of the year. No, I'm kidding. I wish. <laughs> Honestly, that's where, that's where I've seen the impact of a coach. Like when Doug Peterson was good, when they won the Super Bowl, I thought like, Oh yeah, Carson Wentz is carrying the Eagles. He's having a really nice season. Zach Ertz is having a really nice season. Um, Alshon Jeffrey is able to get open, but now that they're bad, it's like, I can tell that, Doug Peterson isn't as good. So I guess that's kind of where I see the uh, coach, where I see, like, the coach's impact. So, so my actual pick is – I'm deciding between the two Seans, Sean McVay or Sean McDermott. And I feel like these are probably popular picks just because the Bills are good and we all expected them to be good, but I don't think we expected them to be one of the best teams in the NFL, and I think they are one of the best teams in the NFL. Yeah, I would agree with you here, Charlie. The Bills have definitely – I wouldn't – say surprised us because they have been good kind of sneakily over the past few few years but Josh Allen specifically definitely took a big step this season as a as a thrower as a decision maker and especially as a runner because he's such a threat he's kind of like a Cam Newman back in his prime um so you got to give a lot of credit to Sean McDermott for kind of managing that situation very well yeah like I don't think anyone would have thought the Bills would be nine and three right now Going no, into the season, all. I mean, I, I was. Th- I thought they might be. Division. Yeah, they are in a weak division, but I thought they would end up being like seven and five. Like, if you would have told me that they would have shellacked the Seahawks like they did, I wouldn't have believed you. So yeah. there are quality. There are quality wins for them, which is obviously a credit to Josh Allen, who is an MVP candidate. Although I don't think there's any way he wins it, just because of the the guys in front of him. So that team deserves some recognition. So I feel like Sean McDermott is is the one that is going to get the recognition in the awards possibly. So I had a few candidates. Uh, my first one was Kevin Stefanski of the Browns. My second one was Joe Judge. And I quickly just thought of Andy Reid. I think you could cross Andy Reid off that list just because 
he does have a super good roster, but the Chiefs have been on so many nationally televised games this year, so you do really get to see his his play creativity on offense, and it just it it blows me away personally. Um, we ha- I think he's changing the game. He he uses tight ends like we've never seen before, as we've seen like Kelsey is probably having the best season for a tight end of all time. But I would. I got to say Joe Judge just because I know how bad this Giants team is and he, he really ele- elevated the roster. But Kevin Stefanski, he's just made the Browns into an offensive powerhouse. We haven't seen a run game like this for a really long time. The The Browns might might have 2,000-yard rushing running backs this year, which is very rare in NFL history. But he just keeps on pounding that rock. And you do have to give a lot of credit to the offensive line which they really did work on this offseason, getting um, Conklin and then dra- drafting Wills um, last year. But, like, like Mayfield is not a great quarterback, but he's put in wins on his resume, which is the most important thing in any any sport. Um, and Kevin Stefanski is just unlocking all that talent, and you have to give a lot of credit to him. Here's, so, here's why I disagree with you. I'm looking right now at the Browns' schedule this year. They've had some quality wins. I'll be honest. They, they beat the Titans nicely. I mean, they only won by six. But watching the game, it seemed watching the game, it seemed like the Browns had the Titans, Titans on the on the on the lot on the line or whatever the the entire game. Um, you know, they they squeaked one out by the Jaguars. Um, their their win against the Colts a bunch of weeks ago was impressive. Their win against the Cowboys that was crazy. We all know. But I'm also looking at the schedule and I see a lot of games that are like how did that happen kind of like they only beat the they, that Texans game 10 to 7 was super ugly I remember watching it it was like the best the best play of the game was when Nick Chubb didn't even score a touchdown so it was just <laughs> like it was like like is your coach of the year and your coach in a team like that it, it was gross that game against the Eagles like the Eagles crappiness saved the Browns that game so I just feel like there's a lot of and 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 the and the game they lost to the Steelers they lost by thirty one the first game of the season they lost by thirty two to the Ravens so it's just yeah, like there but, are losses there are losses on here that just I can't I can't excuse the Browns for and a lot of it's Baker Mayfield I don't think Baker Mayfield's as good as you're saying he is or as you might think he is I don't think he's that talented um, but it's just there's too many bad losses here for me to give it to Kevin Stefanski look you could talk about wins all you want but at the end of the day a coach a coach isn't the player you know. Like, you could blame the coach for some of these losses, but it's his, it's literally his first year on the job. It's not like he's been there for a while, like Sean McVay or Sean McDermott or Andy Reid or anything like that. It's his first year on the job, and the Browns last year, what, they picked, like, 10th in the draft? They, they were, like, 6-10, and 10, so you got to – and they're, they're going to have a posit- very positive record this year. I, I think that – that they're definitely going to go up, be ahead of the Ravens in the standings. So I, I really do think he, he should get a lot of credit. And he, he ran the rock in Minnesota, and that's why they hired him. They, they knew they had very ta- a very talented backfield, and they're taking advantage of it. And I just think we haven't seen an offense like this since maybe the 90s, like back when running backs were, were getting 1,000-yard seasons left and right. The NFL has obviously became more of a throwing – Right. Throwing powerhouse, but he just completely ignored that theory and is running the ball like no. We've I think what's going to happen is who do they they play the Ravens and the Brown then they play the Ravens then the Giants and the Jets then the Steelers. 
I'm, I'm predicting that at one or two of those games, we're going to kind of get a dud out of Baker Mayfield. And that's definitely going to just end up hurting his chances. Um, the second, my second candidate who you just mentioned, Sean McVay, I think at the end of the day, he's my overall pick just because one, they lead a very strong division, I would say. And two, oh, that's just because they, I guess it's because they played yesterday. Um, we're recording this on Friday, December 11th. So they just played yesterday, beat the Patriots and the Sunday games haven't happened, obviously. Um, but just because I think that Jared Goff is not that good of a quarterback. Um, he's not like exciting to watch. And I guess the offense that Sean McVay is running is, is getting his receivers open and the Rams have nine wins. Um, and I just think he's kind of has, he kind of has the, the, the history of the past few years. It's not really history because the past few years, the recent history of just being one of the best coaches in the NFL. And I think that helps. That definitely helps if, if people know your name uh, like that. And he's known to be innovative around I mean, the league. He's already so won the helps. award, right? I think right, exactly. So, so that that helps. Although the Look, Bills did I, beat the Rams, so that's that's I, the one thing. It's like, how could you pick Sean McVay over McDermott if the Bills beat the Rams? But at, at the end of the day, I would pick McDermott uh, McVay. Sorry. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I was talking. I don't know if I was talking to you, but. If you were to pick one coach to start a team with, I think it's Sean McVay. Yeah, we were talking about this today. Yeah, he, the way he structures his offense around the play action is is genius. You establish a run game as the Rams, your offense has un, unlimited potential because if you if you establish the run game, then you could just go play action and there's always somebody open. And the way he uses jet sweeps to throw middle linebackers off with Robert Woods, who's had an amazing year, by the way is also just genius and he's what like he's under under 40 so he's going to be in this league for i would say maybe 20 30 more years he's going to change the structure of an offense in the nfl yeah i i that's why i would say and this year he's done a great job so my pick sean mcveigh your pick is kevin stefanski kevin stefanski all right so we're going to move on to the next award we'll talk about it for like a minute or two just because it gets a lot of media. This this award gets media attention because people like a feel good story, but it's not like a real football award in a way. So that's comeback player of the year. We I know we also disagree on this one, so I'll let you go first. Yeah, so I think it's hands down Big Ben. I mean, you look at their record last year; they were eight and eight, and now they just got their first loss to the Washington Redskins. So they're eleven and one. They could probably uh, end up being not the Redskins, being, not the Redskins anymore. But yeah, the Washington football team. Excuse my French. Um, <laughs> but I he's he's thrown what twenty seven touchdowns. That offense is rolling. He he obviously was missed last year. He has a huge effect on the team clearly because their team really hasn't changed that much since last year. And he's just he's playing good football. I don't think I, I don't think they're going to go far in the playoffs just because. He's not such a threat. I mean, if you watch them play, he usually just stands in the pocket and throws a bunch of underneath routes. But he he's elevated the team, and I don't even think it's a question. So what I meant kind of as I, was, as I was introducing this award by it's not really a football award is kind of that I don't really think the stats matter, specifically this year, just because Alex Smith, I think it's just – it's insane that he's on the football field again. Like I remember when he got injured – it was like two years ago or like a year and a half ago, whatever I re- like that was, it was the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. And it's just incredible that he's on a football field. So it's just, 
yeah, Big Ben is having a great season, but I just don't see a way. If you're talking about coming back from something, I don't see a way where Alex Smith is not the only person that you're talking about for this award. You could argue that, but he's not playing well. I mean, that's what I'm saying. People come back from ACL. People come back from ACL tears, and they play well. So you don't understand. ACL tears don't always look like that. ACL tears. That's what I'm saying. It's just I feel like out of respect, it 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 deserves to be given to him. I mean, here here's a good here's a good example. Teddy Bridgewater, what four years ago tore his ACL and MCL and like a bunch of other stuff. People said he wouldn't be able to play anymore and he now he's leading a team uh, I would that's a feel good story but he's playing good football I don't even think Alex Smith is playing nearly as well football as any other quarterback in this league I think he's the bottom of the pile I mean I'm so happy to see him back in that on that field but I just yeah think he's I, I get what you're saying I think we just, I think it's just we disagree on the ideology of the award no I understand that you say it's a press award but uh, you know you know I'm a football guy yeah, yeah. Um, so the next award we'll do is like the MVP's little brother, I guess, offensive player of the year. Um, this is like I kind of liked it better when it just went to the MVP. I feel like that happened a couple times. Where I remember it was just Matt like, Ryan won it. Yeah, it was just like easy, and we could all ignore it. But now we can't ignore it because Travis Kelsey is literally having the best tight end season ever. So it's just like another thing to talk about. And I no, it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with that, obviously. It's like, it's good to recognize greatness, but it's like, it feels like, like I said, it feels like the MVP's little brother. Yeah, because the MVP is always, an, always offensive an offensive player. Maybe, like, we probably won't see a defensive player for the next 10 years. Maybe Aaron Donald. But we're talking about the most valuable player. It's going to be a quarterback, I think, no matter what. So you're right. The the offensive player of the year should go to MVP every single year. But for me, I think we we pretty much agreed on this. I think I think so highly of Kelsey. He could. Probably I, I, go I don't. I a, don't know anyone who doesn't think highly of Kelsey. He could probably go down as the best tight end of all time. I remember last year people were talking about Kittle, like, oh, he's a better blocker. I'm like, look at Kelsey's numbers. He's been so good for so long. Don't give me that. Yeah. BS. If he, if he is up there for receiving yards at the end of the year, um amongst all the wide receivers, which is rare for a tight end. Like, it's just going to be a walk-away award. But like I said, it's just, yeah, people are going to look at it, and I don't think we're going to make a big deal out of it. Also, what helps out so much, he is a quarter. He used to be a quarterback at Cincinnati, so he reads defenses really well. Um, so I did not he, know that, actually. Yeah, so when a team's playing zone, he sits in the spots right where he needs to be. That's why whenever you see it's like third and 12 and Matt um, – not Matt Ryan. Patrick Mahomes rolls out of the pocket and Kelsey's just always open. It's because he has that football IQ. Like, he's a smart player. And he's also just amazing after the catch. He's an amazing – he's an amazing athlete. And I've been saying this since, like, week seven. He is going to be a first-round pick in fantasy football next year. He's putting up that. what? Let me check. He's probably putting up like 17 points per game. He's he's doing insane this year. I don't nec- I don't agree with that for from fantasy perspective just because the running backs are too valuable. Um but yeah, honestly, I like if someone were to do it, I would understand it just because that production above the rest of the position is just he's it's just unmatched. 16 and a half points a game. And what's number 2? It probably probably it's in Darren the lower Waller double digits. Like 12 point yeah, so that's four 
That's and, and after Darren Waller, it probably drops even more than that. So yeah, I, I get why someone would do that with the first round next year. I I do get it, but I would I wouldn't do it myself. I don't think, but I do get it. Speaking of running backs, I would just like to add that if the Vikings do make the playoffs, it will most most likely be because of Dalvin Cook, who has played almost up to par as McCaffrey season last year, even though he got injured a little bit. So I think if they make the playoffs, which they could. They really could. They are definitely in the hunt. They're six and six right now. If they uh, make they're the, playoffs, the se- they're the seventh seed right now, just because of a tiebreaker. Yeah, they are. Dalvin Cook is going to win Offensive Player of the Year. I would say that he should be talked about if the Vikings make the playoffs, but just like Kelsey's too good of a tight end to, and... to not give it to him. And and they, if they were to make the playoffs because of Dalvin Cook, that has that that more has like MVP written on it than Offensive Player of the Year. You think? In, in, like he's not going to be nominated for MVP. Honestly, he might because I can't really think of five guys who I would nominate. Um, but like the Travis Kelsey stats above above the rest of the position is just that gap is way bigger than Dalvin Cook over the running backs. Yeah. I, I'm looking at the Vikings schedule right now. They play Tampa this week at one o'clock, which could be an upset based on how much momentum they have. I, I do not have any faith that Tampa's gonna win that game. I honestly think the Vikings will win. Like I I haven't watched so many Tampa games this year, but the few that I have, they have not shown me anything that makes me think that they're as good as we thought they would be. We're gonna talk about it more later when we talk about biggest disappointment. Yeah, so they've won two games in a row right now. They do have a pretty weak schedule, I do have to say. Um, but they play Tampa, which could be a win or a loss. They play the Bears, which I think is a guaranteed win. Maybe not guaranteed, Agreed. but definitely a win. They play the Agreed. Saints, which is a loss. And they play the Lions. So I think that's, that's three and one. I think that's three and one potential, which puts them at nine and seven and likely in the playoffs. Yes, I agree. Like the Lions, Bears, Niners, I don't think any of them are going to go four and oh. Washington, I don't think he's going to go four and oh. Cardinals, they could go three and one, but Vikings have the tiebreaker, so I think they'll sneak in the playoffs. Cardinals are playing my Giants. <laughs> oh, that's a loss for you this week, I guess. <laughs> we will see. Uh, the next award we'll talk about for a couple minutes: Rookie of the Year. Like Offensive Player of the Year, I think it's just a two-man show: Justin Jefferson uh, and Herbert. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on: do we want to value production? Actually, James Robinson, he's a rookie this year. You could toss him in there. I forgot about yeah, him. Yeah, so here's the thing. I have to give credit where credit is due. I forgot about him. It's a three-guy race. I, I agree with your first statement. 2016, I'm pretty sure, Dak and Zeke were going against each other for Offensive Player of the Year. And on Zeke, the same team. at that moment, put probably the best rookie running back season of all time. Oh, and Dak resume. won. Right, and Dak won. And Dak won. Dak Dak was also a feel-good story. He was a third-round pick out of Mississippi State. Um, his numbers weren't amazing. It, it, like, I remember he, he threw – he had a great percentage and a great rating, but his numbers weren't amazing, and he, he won the award. So it's, again, like being a it's rookie a quarterback's award. quarterback. Being a rookie quarterback with any type of winning record, I think, puts you, puts you um, in a guaranteed yeah. the place thing is, to win. Yeah, the thing is the Chargers are 3-8. and eight. Yeah, so so that's I think only, that opens the door for Jefferson. That definitely opens the door for Jefferson. Um, you also have to look at the Chargers' record. I'm uh, not their record, their schedule, which is not great at all. 
they've played some very weak defenses. So I think Jefferson is putting up like Odell rookie numbers and Odell won his year. Um, so I think also, again, if the Vikings creep into the playoffs, they, right. he could win. Yeah, um, I but, think yeah. it's all about what the voters are going to value. If they're going to value production above position, which is like what kind of what we're talking about with Kelsey over the rest of the tight ends, then there's no way that Jefferson doesn't win. It's just because there are other good rookie quarterbacks. Like, they're not as good as Herbert's stats have been, but two is good. Joe Burrow was good before he got hurt. Um, yeah. So there are other good quarterbacks. Um, but Jeff Jefferson is really the only explosion at receiver. And I, James Robinson, good, but I don't – the Jaguars just – yeah, they suck. I mean, yeah, that's a so lot of garbage. Like, garbage. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, I feel like I'm just going to pick the guy from the better team because if at the end of the day, winning is what matters. And Jefferson's Especially helping as, the Vikings win. It's such a shame because the Chargers have really been in a lot of close games. And they've played some weak opponents. They played the Bengals, the Panthers, the Jaguars, the Broncos, who they lost to, the Raiders, who they lost to the Dolphins, who they lost to, and the Jets, who they beat. But they always – I think – I honestly think they should fire their coach, Anthony Lynn. Oh, because I, I don't think anyone disagrees with you. They have a super talented roster on both sides of the ball, but they just can't find a way to win. They're literally the – they might be the new Atlanta Falcons. Who knows? Yeah, that's just, kind of funny, actually. Yeah, they might be. <laughs> they've lost a lot of close games. Like, even against the Buccaneers and the, and the Saints. Like, they only lost to the Bucs by a touchdown, and they lost to the Saints by a field goal. And the Chargers by a few right, goal. right, yeah. There's there's definitely potential, just overall for that team in the future, but I think that if the Vikings make the playoffs, I, I'm I'm with you on this one. It's going to be hard to ignore the production that Jefferson has put up mm-hmm. for the award. Um, so we have two more awards left. I'll let you pick one, which one we want to do next, just because I've done the, the order for the for first last. few. So yeah, that's what I, that's what I thought you would say. Is defensive player of the year. And mo- just like most of the other awards, I think it's a two-man race between Aaron Donald and T.J. Watt. And they're, they're both just putting up amazing numbers. Aaron Donald had, what, a sack and a half last night or something like that? Yeah, a sack and a half and a tackle for loss. He is just a freaking ager. He could probably go down as a top three defensive player of all time. Just because yeah, honestly, how destructive I see that. he is. I see that. I see that for sure. Um, but you, you, like he has 24 QB hits, but you also got to look at TJ Watt. TJ Watt, I think, definitely could have won the award last year. Um, and he got a little snubbed by, uh, was it Stefan Gilmore, who also put mm-hmm. up great numbers. But TJ Watt has 12 sacks and he's played one less game. He's also great at the edge. Um, and they've played some good teams and they're on a, He's playing on maybe the best defense in the league, probably the best defense in the league. So he definitely elevates that defense. And they have had a lot of injuries, and he's still producing at such a high level, which is very impressive. So I think it's really a tough call. I honestly don't know who will win. It depends. It might be too early, and we're in, what, week 14, week 13. So that's how you know it's really tight. It depends on how both of them produce at the end of the season. The Rams could win out for the rest of the season. And if they do, I think Aaron Donald is probably the one carrying that team. So, uh, so I don't know. Maybe maybe TJ Watt, maybe Aaron Donald. It's so hard to say because I, I love Aaron Donald. It's just so impressive what he's done at his position. But I also like TJ Watt a lot. 
I, 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 if I was the one deciding, probably TJ Watt. Here's what I'll say, which I, where I agree with you on, I, that it's really, the fact that it's so tight kind of tells us how the award's going to play out, just that the next four weeks, like, someone's going to have to pull ahead. Meaning, if they kept this pace at the end of the season, they had similar stats, it's going to be a really, really tough pick for voters. But, I mean, if, if, if Watt kind of fizzles out the last four games and isn't as good as the first 12 games, which I'm not saying is, is likely or possible, I'm just saying is a theoretical, then Aaron Donald's going to walk away with it and vice versa. Um, one player I want to toss in there, just more of like a credit where credit is due thing, is Xavier Howard of yeah. the Dolphins. Eight He's interceptions. If he can hit double-digit interceptions, that'll really help his case. I mean, the most of all time, the most of all time, is 14 in a season. That was 1952. I mean, the last time, the last time someone hit double digits, um, I'm looking right now, it seems to be like 2006 around then. So, or 2007, sorry. Maybe Darrell Revis probably, right? um, No, 2007 was Antonio Cromartie. So it all just, it all just depends. Like if he can hit double digit sacks for the first time and, over a decade, double-digit interception, sorry, for the first time in over a decade, it's very possible that he walks away with the award. I mean, they gave it to a corner last year, so that clearly shows that they're willing to give it to corners. Um, you know, not that, we, not that we doubted that, but he's been fantastic. And he also leads the league in passes defended. You know, that Dolphins defense has also been yeah, really it's, impressive. It's, Surprisingly. it's fantastic. Surprisingly. Um, but, I mean, uh, you got to feel for T.J. Watt. You get snubbed by two cornerbacks. It'd be very impressive if he hits double double digit interceptions, but I they I don't think they could, like based on how well Aaron Donald and TJ Watt are playing right now. Like I just I think yeah, it would be I'd unfair. say I think if they keep it up, if they keep it up, like I was saying, if one of them keeps up, one of them doesn't, or they both keep it up, it'll be one of them. But I'm just throwing Xavier How uh, Xavier Howard in there because. To be devil's advocate. If, if both of them – not really be devil's advocate. More of just like if both of them fizzle out, he's the dark horse. He's like third, you know? Yeah. He's like – he's a deep third, but a possible third. It's possible. If, you get, if that makes sense. It, it's possible. All like right, if things go don't go well – yeah, if things don't go well for Aaron Donald, TJ Watt, then it could be Howard. Yeah, the big one. MVP. So we're going to kind of talk about two different MVPs. MVP like it usually is, and then who's the most valuable to their team? The regular MVP, no doubt, I think, is Patrick Mahomes. I don't see any way any voter could not vote for him. First in touchdowns, uh, first, first in yards, sorry, second in touchdowns. Of all the, starting quarter, of all the consistent starting quarterbacks, um, he's, like, what, he's lowest in picks. Um, amongst consistent starters, He's top five in yards per attempt, just saying, like, there have been guys who have thrown one pass and get, like, 30 yards on a trick play, so that doesn't count. Among starters, he's second in QB rating, and the Chiefs are the best team in the league. So, so. I'm a huge Patrick Mahomes fan. Like, I wanted the Giants to draft him when, like, back in 2015 or 14, I think 15. But I, I got to say, Aaron Rodgers is putting up an insane case, and – a lot of people predicted this when they drafted uh, Jordan Love. He was not happy. He no, I, everybody I knew he was going to ball out. And I think 
over the past few years, A-Rod's been in his, I guess you could say, like, bat cave for a little bit. Like, he hasn't really been in his usual form. And he's he's coming out right now. He's going to – he like, is it possible for him to get 50 touchdowns? Maybe, maybe not. They have a pretty easy schedule coming up. But he he's had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games with over three touchdowns. And he's only thrown four picks. It's possible he doesn't throw another pick for the rest of the season, which is very impressive. And his rating is just through the roof. Um, so you can here's, definitely make a good case for him. But I, Here's my problem with Aaron Rodgers. I feel like the Packers have benefited from an easy schedule. They beat the Eagles. They beat the Bears. They beat the Jaguars. They beat the Niners. They beat the Texans. They beat the Falcons. They beat the Lions. So that's seven other wins right there are against really easy teams. And then look at the times they've played good teams, lost to the Colts, lost to the Vikings, lost to the Buccaneers. Uh, and they, they did beat the Saints. They did beat the Vikings another time. So I do give them credit for that. But I feel like the Chiefs are just, the Chiefs are just way and beyond the better team. And therefore, Patrick Holmes deserves the MVP. I mean, On top of all the stats. You could also honestly. go to the – the old tale of Aaron Rodgers saying that he doesn't have much receiver help, but I, I think that's just an outdated stat at this point. Um, or myth Mahomes, or whatever, yeah. Mahomes' schedule isn't too too hard himself. I mean, he played the Jets, the Broncos, the the, the Ravens, the Patriots, the Chargers twice. I think it's interesting, but everybody – this is another really close race. It's another really close race, and – they're both insanely valuable to their respected teams. But I would like to see Aaron Rodgers take it. I think that'd be a sick story. And if he and again, he's like back to his regular form, which is which is nice to see because he he could potentially be the most skilled quarterback in of all time. I think it's very Yeah, cool. I've heard that I've heard that idea floated around before. I think the only way Rodgers wins it if, if if for some reason Patrick Mahomes is just bad for the next four weeks. We will see what happens. This is another award where you kind of have to wait till the end of the season to. Yeah, yeah, agree. So this happens. is defense player of the year. So the second type of MVP that we talked about that we're going to talk about that I mentioned before is most valuable to their team. Um, yes, Mahomes is like the most valuable to his team, but the Chiefs' roster besides him is still incredible. So it's like. The, what he adds to the team might not be as much as other guys. Um, for example, uh, my I would say that the most valuable to their team might be Derrick Henry. They're five and two when he rushes for more than a hundred yards, and they're seven and one with when he gets twenty plus carries. Um, so when he's playing well, that's just an unstoppable team. Yeah, I mean, you always see the stat when you watch him play, which I do happen to a lot because he's on my team. Um, he is on your very, fantasy team. Yeah, on your fantasy. On my fantasy team, I do not own the Tennessee Titans. Just to make that clear. Um, he is a freak of nature. He's a great runner. He's like your classic running back. He, he makes you think of like Adrian Peterson, you know, like he bulldozes bulldozes and he gets those yards after uh, carry Marshawn Lynch, Marshawn Lynch. Exactly. But I, I hate this dude just cause one of our dear friends, Toby, um, loves him. That's just how I operate. Um, <laughs> I, Russ could be the most valuable to his team. The, this, I don't think Russ is good right now. Like, I don't think I don't Russ think is good, good right either, now. but if we're talking value to his team, I think it could be Russell Wilson. He, 
he does have a great deep ball. I think the problem with the Seahawks is that they, they play when they want to play. I think they're very arrogant. They're an arrogant team. They got a lot of hype at the beginning of the season. But he – what's their record? They're, what, like 7-5 and five maybe? Which isn't amazing, but if they win out and they're 11-5. and five, The Seahawks 8-4. and four. The Seahawks are 8-4. Eight eight um, like, I, I don't know. I, I think he's very talented. He throws a beautiful deep ball. And that team would be nothing without him. Like, it's just – it's a good offense, but he definitely adds – the offense is structured around him, and they call the plays – based off of his skill set, which is a lot of deep balls. They're finally letting him cook, but has he burnt out? I don't know. I, I, so I think he's burnt out a little bit, which is why I just I – can't, I can't say he's the most valuable if, if the team is burning out a little bit. And Whereas Derrick Henry is just consistent throughout the season. Yeah. They give him the ball. He's playing well. They're winning the game. Um, one surprise I would like to bring up is Big Ben. We saw – how not bad the Steelers were, but just uncompetitive they were last year without him. And they literally, what, win every single game until week 12 when he comes back? Yeah. That's no coincidence. Like, they're a good team, but that is definitely no coincidence. So, it's very possible that there's physical proof and evidence that Big Ben is the most valuable player to his team in the league. Yeah, that's honestly honestly a fair point. The thing I would just say about Derrick Henry is, I don't think Ryan Tannehill is as, like – he gets production, but I don't think Ryan Tannehill is as good. I think Derrick Henry makes Ryan Tannehill good, just, which is like if you're a running back and you're making your quarterback good, that's just crazy. Uh, you know, I am actually a big Ryan Tannehill fan. As I said, I've watched a lot of the Titans games, and he, he maneuvers around the pocket very comfortably and well, and he throws a beautiful deep ball. Yeah, but I think it's because the offense is open because of Derrick Henry, where he has that opportunity. No, definitely. They run a lot of play action. Um, but, yeah, I think you're right. It could be Derrick Henry. Um, so we're going to kind of move on to, like, not real NFL awards, just, like, fun things to talk about, I guess. Uh, we'll just go in order of what we have it on our little uh, outline or notes or whatever. First, with biggest surprise, player and team. Give me your team, and then I'll do my team, and then we'll do players. So, my team is the Browns. I've said it before. I, I love them. They're uh, my favorite player is Odell, which who obviously got injured. Who again? Like it shows how good that offense is. They they've adapted to their changes. Um, it's their first winning season for a super long time, and their offense is rolling. It's it's in such sync. When I watched them play the Titans last last week, and I the Titans are an amazing defense but they they look like they look like the Chiefs or the, maybe the Seahawks at the beginning of the season where they just don't miss and they just consistently get first first downs and they were great in the red zone um so I think it it could be them and do not count out their defense they have one of the, the most talented defensive players in the league in my opinion in Miles Garrett who is also putting up great numbers regardless of sitting out one or two games so you, you can't count them out I think I think they're the best, the most surprising team. So, I actually, like, I I did not think the Browns would be 9-3. and three. Obviously, I don't think anyone did. Um, but I always thought there was potential with the Browns, just like when they got Odell. I was really surprised that they were bad last year. Um, I, this was kind of like a put-up or shut-up year for Baker Mayfield. 
And he had like he's missed some. He's had some bad games. He's missed some throws, but overall, he's helping them win. Um, along with obviously, you said coach of the year, your pick for coach of the year. Um, but I think the biggest surprise, just in terms of how they're doing right now, in terms of expectation, I did not think the Dolphins would be eight and four. I no way. Like two has been much better than I thought he would be in the first year. Much better than everyone thought he would be. Their defense is fantastic. I've seen videos. There are videos of their defense before plays. They're like running around. It's just impossible to know what they're doing. And in terms of where I thought they'd be through 12 wins and where they are now, like I I feel like I thought the Browns would have been like, you know, six and six or whatever. And that's nine and three. I thought that's like three games away. I thought the Dolphins like would, would be, would be having, have a losing record at this point, like four wins or something and still be struggling. Which is like a te- I guess, which is a testament, maybe not to how much I know, but they have two picks in the first round next year. Believe it or not, the the Dolphins. Yeah, they still have that Texans pick that they got for the Laramie Tunsil. Trip. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So they are going to get better. Uh, but even for like, I'm just saying for this year, I do not expect. Yeah, my problem with right the now. Dolphins, I think they have a really good defense, a great secondary with um, Xavier Howard, but I I just don't think their offense is that great. I don't see a lot of talent on that offense. And Tua, yes, he's winning games, which I've said repeatedly is the most valuable thing for a quarterback. But it, I think it's due to them having a really good defense. So I Yeah, I get what you're saying. Defense opens up offense. Defense I get it. definitely opens I do up get offense. It. I like that. I like that. Analogy. But in terms of just surprising – in terms of just surprise, I would say – just for me, it was the Dolphins because I didn't expect them to Yeah, they're also a very well-coached team. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well-coached team. Um, so, player, player, we also disagree. I did DK Metcalf. He was good last year as a rookie, um, but I, it's the same thing. It's like where I expect him to be at and where he is now. I did not think he'd be top three yards. He might even be number one right now. Yeah, I think he's number one right now. I did not expect that. So, my – so it's a pleasant surprise. I've never – I just don't like DK that much. I think he's extremely overrated. I think he's – Jeez. Insa- I cannot believe you're saying that about the guy who's leading the league in receiving yards. Look, he's – That's a hot take. That is, that is a take. very hot take. I think he's benefited extremely from an air raid Seahawks offense. And I think a, you could put a lot of players in the position he's in and they – do better than he's doing right now. I think his route running is just not better than number one in the league in yes. yards. I think he's not furnished at all <laughs> as a route runner, and he has a lot of critical drops. And this is an even bigger hot take that I've been saying for a super long time now. I would rather have AJ Brown on a team than DK. Yeah, Brown. I've heard you say that before. I think he's just a way better route runner. Out of college, people were comparing his route running to Antonio Brown, like he. He has great footwork and he's posed as a deep threat. Several times he's insane. He's very yeah, and good he's the same build the as DK. He's great in the red zone, but that is not my surprise player. My surprise player is Josh Allen out of Buffalo, New York. Uh, <laughs> he uh, last year he showed little stitches of potential. He threw for twenty touchdowns and nine interceptions, which is it's meh, you know. I think he is also another player who benefited from a great defense. But this year, he's he's had 26 touchdowns and eight interceptions, which is obviously a lot better. The Bills are 9-3. and three. They, they looked a little weak at times, the Bills and that offense. 
but I think they're just super good. He's been insanely accurate. He's not just a running quarterback. He's not, but he has. Yeah, he's not. That's he true. That's true. He has been insane on the ground. He had, He's hitting throws right now. He yeah. is hitting throws right now. He is, to Cole Beasley and Diggs. he also has caught a touchdown. Like, like he's good. Yeah, but that's more of a trick play. That's not. That's less him and more just. Trick yeah, play. but it's fun. <laughs> yeah, it is fun. Um, so the opposite of biggest surprise is biggest disappointment. So I wrote, we kind of agree on a bunch of things. So we'll talk about what we agree on first and then what I kind of added on. So we agree Carson Wentz, biggest, most disappointing player this season. Yeah. Wentz's cheeks. No way. (laughs) To to quote the famous Bruce Irvin. Um, There's like, this was supposed to be a playoff team and he leads the league in picks. That's like all you have to say. I've, I've said this several times. The Eagles are always over it at the beginning of the year. They're always what? Top 10 in the power rankings on in every, yeah. every analyst sheet. They are. That's a good point. They are. Like, that does happen. They do get overrated yeah, a little bit. Overrated. I think Doug Peterson is gone. Even though he, he, yeah, I hope he so. did do pretty well. I mean, their record speaks for themselves. I mean, Carson Wentz is not playing quarterback for his team this year. He, he's thrown almost as many interceptions as touchdowns. Yeah, he's playing quarterback for the other. Exactly, he's playing. He is. And, look, he, he is a very talented player. I, I've watched him tear up the Giants on defense year in and year out. And he has a ton of arm talent and great pocket awareness. It's just he – there's eh, not really good pocket no, awareness. No, but he's but good, good, he's good, good scrambling around in the pocket. He's good at getting to open space. But his accuracy has just not been there, and it seems like he's yeah, just not, not. And the mechanics the chemistry are chemistry between him and his receivers is just off this year for some reason. Maybe it's because Zach Ertz hasn't played, who who didn't really start out that hot. I I think uh, that's why I think it's a Doug Peterson thing. Yeah, more than a Carson Wentz thing. But he's still been disappointing. That's not no an excuse doubt. for Carson Wentz. It makes sense. It makes sense that he's getting benched for Jalen Hurts. It's that just makes sense. sad to see because, like, what do you do as yeah, what is. do you do as an Eagles coach? Do you if, if it, let's say Jalen Hurts wins two games and there are four games left, they he wins two games and he shows a lot of potential and plays well. What do you do? Do you trade Carson Wentz? He, you're going to trade him no at his lowest value? No, I think there are definitely people that would take him in. Maybe maybe even the 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 Patriots. But, like, what do you yeah, do? Like, point. they're in a really bad situation now. And honestly, looking back at it, drafting Jalen Hurts could be one of the smartest moves. But people say yeah. that. Yeah. Well, it's possible. Yeah. People say that he's playing bad because they yeah. drafted Jalen Hurts and it kind of got. Yeah. Him. Obviously, he has a confidence issue. Yeah. He's probably been there since he got drafted. Another. Even though he got drafted second overall. Yeah. I... But. I think it started once Nick Foles won the, won the Super Bowl. That's like when his confidence just started to go down. Yeah, that could definitely be true. Um, another quarterback who's been a little disappointing, which is weird because they're seven and five, and another team that I'm going to talk about in a second is seven and five. Who I also think is a disappointment, but Lamar Jackson, just like he, just watching him isn't the same this year. Yeah, I mean he's definitely as he's definitely a good runner, like as last year. Still, yeah, like, he's insane. But I watched him the other night, and I've watched him throughout the season. He's just not a good thrower. Like, I do not know what happened. Yeah, he misses throws. He misses a ton misses of those. easy throws. Uh, and he honestly, 
if he if he sat back in the pocket and just scrambled after every single play, he'd probably get a first down every single play. But like that, there's no fun in that. He's missing a lot of throws. It, it's weird because he misses a lot of throws, but then he makes really nice throws too, which. So it's like a weird balance. Um, I I agree that he's been a disappointment, but I think Carson Wentz is by far the biggest disappointment. Yeah, I oh I I was not saying that Lamar Jackson is a bigger disappointment. It's just the only reason you know Lamar Jackson is actually having a solid season. The only reason he's a disappointment is because people were so high, extremely high on him, like suffering, like suffering from success. Yeah, he was voted the number one player by his peers in the NFL. Right, so that's 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 what I mean. Like, no, that's he's not playing like the number one player in the NFL. <laughs> not that he's playing poorly, just that's how it is. Um, the other seven and five team I want to talk about for like a second is the Bucks. I think they're a little bit of a disappointment just because when they got all these guys in the off season, they picked up Brady, they got Fournette, they got Gronk. People were literally saying it's it's like a Madden Ultimate Team, and people were expecting that. I bet people are expecting that they'd be contending for the one seed, and they're not contending for the one seed. They're seven and five. They're still good, but they're not yeah, contending for the one seed. Um, I th- so I guess technically you I could call th- that a disappointment a little bit. And Brady hasn't played well in a lot of games. Like he, they've had some he bad might games be, against the Giants. He might have the, the worst deep Saints. this season out of any quarterback. I think. Yeah, it's honestly this possible. This could have come at a better time. Like they really need to regroup. And I think they're going to come out yeah. playing the – they're going to come out – who are they playing? They're, they're going to come out this weekend with a fire under their ass. Or not this week, week, this week to buy. But, but next week. Oh, I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah I get what you're saying. They're playing the Vikings. They're going to kill the Vikings. And I think they, they're going to win out for the rest of the season. And we'll see what happens in the playoffs. But my biggest disappointment, I would say the, the Ravens. Again, people were saying they're Super Bowl contenders. It all surrounds around no, Lamar. So. And again, he's just not playing well. I think their offense is like not nearly as talented just because of the injuries to their offensive line. And they got to get some weapons for Lamar, even though like he's done fine with what he's had. But it's just like people had such high expectations for him. And I think their defense – Yeah. Yeah, he kind of got yeah, hurt. He got he definitely hurt by the did. Um, and their defense is super good. Like Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphreys might be. I think I. You know what? I think they are the best cornerback duo in the league. And Calais Campbell's having a great season. Yeah, it's possible they're both. But it's just good. the offense, man. Like, yeah, it's not the same. The next question: Who's the biggest fraud in the league? Biggest fraud team? Say it on three, because I think we agree. Seahawks. One, two, three, yeah. Seahawks. I, yeah? Yeah. Look, Fraud is in. They look good, but them. they're not. Their Just to clarify. Cheeks. Wentz's cheeks and Seahawks. You can do it again if you want. Just to make that clear. Um, they, they could have the best defense, <laughs> the worst defense out of the past five years. Like They're horrible. Yeah, they are. Their defense is terrible. And to talk about the offense a little bit, too, it's just fizzled out. It just does not look as good it's, as it did at the beginning of the season. It's like if any team, if we're talking about any team in the NFC that I think someone's going to walk in, someone's going to walk into a game and upset them, it's most likely going to be yeah. the Seahawks. I mean, look what happened last week. The Giants beat them with Colt McCoy. 
Yeah, exactly. They're, they're exactly. cocky. They're literally what the um, Ravens were this whole season. Russ, Russ, got, Russ got tired. Russ got tired. Russ got tired. He wants to order. That's funny. Um, something that we talk about a lot in basketball and never really in football is like who's the best role player in the NFL. In the, in the league, sorry. So in the NFL, I think we should be doing – I honestly think we should be doing the same, and that's what we're going to do right now. The, the – He's not – who's the guy that's not a star in the league, but it's underrated production first team? I'll let you start because the guy you wrote, I actually I actually do agree with, even so though I didn't think of it myself. The reason it's not talked a lot about in the NFL is because the NFL usually – one player has the ball for almost every play, right? So it's harder when in the NBA you have right. like a bunch of players touching a ball. But I think Cole Beasley could be the most underrated – or unappreciated player in the league. He, he, yeah, he's up there. Yeah, he's up he there for slot in, receiving yards. When he was in Dallas, he used to tear apart the Eagles and the Giants. Like he was always really good, really reliable. Yeah, there's is. some players in this league who who just like as receivers are so reliable with their hand. Like rarely drop passes. I'm talking like Devonte Adams and Keenan Allen type. Like Cole Beasley is up there. He he's so reliable. He has great footwork. He's a great route runner, and he is a huge part of the Bills' success. Maybe, maybe you could even say that he's had a bigger impact than Stefan Diggs, which is very hot. I personally don't believe that. You could, you could say it. Um, yeah, I no, I agree with you on that. I don't another receiver it, that it I said sense to say. was Corey Davis. Corey Davis out of college was one of the best like wide receivers of all time in college at. Um, at Michigan, Central Michigan, or was it Central or Southern Michigan? Um, and he was just not great in the NFL his first few years. People like he was probably going to be let out as a free agent. I think he'll get a contract just because he's playing really well. Um, and him and him and AJ Brown can yeah probably be a he top five duo in the league. I'm super high on AJ Brown. I think he's incredible at maybe potential, yeah, maybe a top five duo potential, but not not right now. Another receiver, this is a guy that I was thinking of, Terry McLaurin. Eighth in yards on a team that's played like four or five quarterbacks four. this year. Four? I think it's Three. four. Maybe. Um, he's, he's, one of the, he's one of the fastest receivers in the NFL. He's an insane deep, th- deep threat. They, there's a reason they call him Scary Terry. And he is so underappreciated. Like the, the production he's, make, he's, he's giving the, the, the Washington offense, which doesn't have much production at all. But the, the production that he's giving them is just insane. And pe- we, people don't talk about him when they talk about the best receivers in the league. And I'm not saying he is one of the best receivers in the league, but he definitely has potential to be one of the best receivers in the league. And I haven't, I haven't really right. heard people talk so about that so my much. only problem with Terry as your player is that I think he's not unappreciated anymore. I think people are recognizing how good he is. Maybe if you said that at the beginning of the year. But I yeah, think people that's are fair. definitely giving him the credit he deserves. And he's a fantastic player. If you give him a mediocre quarterback, he he's going to be a top, definitely top ten receiver in the league. If he's not already, yeah. Quick underrated quarterback before we move on to the, the few things about the playoffs. Derek Carr underrated yeah. quarterback. Like he's had some duds, but he's had some absolute duds. But there's a reason they're contending for the playoffs, and I think he's an underappreciated yeah, I, quarterback. I agree with you. I especially agree with you saying that he's had some duds. 
which is which is fascinating because he always certain weeks he just looks like a top ten quarterback in the league, maybe even top seven or eight. Um, but then there are other weeks where he throws like three interceptions, like against the Jets, or he's or he fumbled three times against the yeah, he uh, fumbled three times against, against the Falcons. Horrible Falcons offense defense. Um, defense. So yeah, if he just stays consistent, which has always been his issue in the NFL, if you just stay consistent, like he'll be good because he's definitely a talented thrower, and it's it's fun to watch him throw the ball deep because it just hangs in the air for so long. Um, like when it yeah. on, in that play against the Jets with Henry Ruggs, like the ball was in air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So long, but yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think he's definitely the most underrated QB in the league. All right, let's move on playoffs. We'll talk about it for a few minutes to keep it around an hour, hopefully a little bit under. Um, is there any doubt that the um, Chiefs are a favorite no to win the Super Bowl? At least in the Yeah, AFC. they're the best team. They're like so fun to yeah, watch. So they should make every they should make every primetime game the Chiefs game. Primetime game. I the like Chiefs how game. they're, yeah, they're honestly, flexing honestly. primetime games now. Like they made the the Browns Giants um game next Sunday. It was supposed to be at one PM, but they made it uh um, Sunday night football game like they should flex games based on how like what teams are doing well and maybe if there's a like playoff implication game up they should flex games but yeah I think the Chiefs are really good they're they're a good football team to say the least yeah yeah Uh, to say the least Um, which team is going to surprise is going to surprise us, or could surprise us. Not necessarily will surprise um, us, but could For surprise me, us. I think it's the Rams. I don't know if you could say they could surprise you, but I think the Rams can go all the way. Maybe not win the Super Bowl over the Chiefs, but they can definitely go to the Super Bowl. And, like, as I said, Sean McVay is just a genius, and their defense is playing top three in the league. Aaron Donald is carrying that defense. Yeah. And the other guy, the other team you wrote here is the Browns, which is no surprise because we talked about that coach especially, earlier as being Especially now Cam Akers coaches. is getting an increased workload. And he's just – he's a great – Yeah, he had a good game he's last night. He's a great running back. He's going to be a top 15 running back, maybe even top 10 next year. And, again, as I said, if you get the run game going for the Rams, the play-action pass is just so much more dangerous. It's just the league. So I think the team that's going to surprise us just because they've surprised us in the past – in the past few years, is the Vikings. Like, if they stay in the playoffs, um, I guess they'd have to – here's what I think. I think they'd have to get the sixth seed over the Buccaneers. If they can do that, and then they'd probably end up playing the Rams um, at the three seed, then I think they could beat the Rams. I honestly do. I think, yeah, they'd end up playing – I think they could beat I, the Rams. I think they have a great offense. I just don't think their defense is experienced enough. Like, they have a super young defense at the line and at linebacker, and especially at cornerback. Like, they don't have a true number one cornerback. So, I think they could surprise, but I, I don't see them winning a playoff game. And then the second the second team I'm thinking of is the Bills. Not because everyone thinks that they're bad, just because they win the first round. Let's say they play the, they play the, the Chiefs. They can make that an interesting game. I think the Chiefs would still win. No they can make that an interesting game. If the Chiefs, if the Chiefs take over the one seed and the Bills end up playing the Steelers in the second round, oh, the Bills I are going to win that game. So I guess if you want to count that, if you want to count that as like a surprise us all, then I would say the Bills. That brings us. That actually brings us to the last thing, which is biggest bust prediction: the Steelers. 
I don't think I do not think they're. Yeah, no, they're good. they're probably the worst eleven. I mean, they team. are. They they're are probably the worst undefeated team up until last week, obviously, um, in NFL history. I my team is the Titans. I, I also wrote down Seahawks, but I think we've talked enough about the Seahawks. I think the Titans' defense just isn't good enough, and as we saw in the playoffs last year, if you stop Derrick Henry and stop the run game, like what the Chiefs did, they're not that great of a team. So I have mixed feelings about the Titans. I just don't think their defense yeah. is good enough. Yeah, so when the playoffs come around, we'll obviously talk about playoffs more. But that's just our little like takes on a few things. Um, thank you guys for tuning in and listening. We're going to be back hopefully yep. every week. Hopefully. So we'll see you back in August. Peace.